or dingy or dusty, anything ragged or rotten or rusty. Yes, I love trash. It's just another life to sell me. Tell you, we've had a good night so far. It's awfully nice. Glad everyone's here. I got to see some old friends tonight. It's even better. Shantae got to see her again, and Billy. This is awesome. It's a great night. I'm really happy. Of course, I love my regulars. You know, you know, you're not old, you know, old news just because you come every week. I'm liking that, Jen. You know, good, good to see her. So, I'm really happy. Good night. Be prepared for uh, change war. <laughs> Waiting to see if you guys fell for that. Um, yeah, you know, the thing is, one thing I wanted to mention, we were talking about, you know, we're, we're filming these videos, and uh, we talked about that, you know, that I know it might seem like kind of weird because, you know, we're asking for money for the missionaries and stuff like that for Speed the Light, but the thing that you have to remember is that that money does not stay here. That money that we collect for Speed the Light goes out to missionaries to buy vehicles and things for them. And uh, what Change Wars is, is the one thing that we do collect money for, um, do a fundraiser type thing to collect money to purchase things here, to run the ministry. Um, we are not funded by the church. This is a completely separate entity. We, whatever we make, we spend. So that's how we, why we do it. That's why we put on stuff like Change Wars. And it's fun. It's a great competition. You're going to enjoy the videos too coming up every single week for the next four weeks. Don't miss on the week. You'll, you'll regret it. Got a lot of fun things coming up. All right, so I want to talk to you about Gigo. <laughs> Do you guys know Gigo? Okay, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. All right, so I want to talk to you first off. Um, how many of you guys went to Hosapalooza? <laughs> okay. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. When we put on Hosapalooza this year, um, we brought in these huge semi-trucks with water, you know, big tankers filled with water, and filled pretty much to the limit. And uh, they brought in the water for the day's events, you know, because really we are quite bizarre because we put on a water event in a park that has no water. So it's kind of bizarre. Um, but the thing is, you know, unfortunately, that a couple of days before that we had basically a monsoon that blew through the Latroy Grove, Mendota area, and uh, brought just buckets and buckets of rain and storms and everything and you know this ground was all softened up and uh the trucks when they pulled in to the grass of course sunk down and made these humongous ruts in the ground so uh not really great um needless to say the lady who mows the area is was not real happy because you know it's kind of hard to mow an area that's like all un uneven and everything else. So, you know, John still today, today, this morning, is hauling dirt for Hosapalooza and uh, taking it there and trying to fill in the ruts and all this, because there's lots of ruts in the ground. And um, if I've, you've been around any length of time, like in Sunday school with me or, or in CYM over the last six years, um, I've used the analogy of ruts in a road when it comes to my life. And I, I've talked about the fact that a lot of times it's your patterns of thought and, uh, you know, maybe who you were. You know, one of the things that I had a really hard time with when I got saved, like I said, it wasn't saved until I was 28, was um, I had a lot of bad habits of language. 
you know, I cussed a lot. And uh, so it really was a hard thing for me to get over. You know, it was one of those things, I mean, to not use those words no more. It was a, it was a challenge. And, uh, you know, basically what I would use that as is what I describe it as is it's like those ruts in a road are pretty deep. You know, when something happens, like, you know, you stub your toe, you hit your finger, you drop everything after you just had it all together, you know, our natural reaction is to go into those same patterns. Basically, those ruts in the road, you know, that it was easy to go that path and kind of just spew out everything, you know, that wasn't so great. And uh, it really was a challenge for me to live a, my life as a different person. You know, if you look at a car on a road, your car can be going down a road really easy, and all of a sudden it'll get to an area where there is a rut, and it will tend to naturally gravitate towards that rut and follow those tracks, you know. And uh, it's kind of like the, the path of least resistance. You know, it's just the easiest way for it to go, so it'll go that way. And um, that's what ruts really are in our minds a lot of times with a lot of habits and things that go on in our lives. And I want to talk to you a little bit about GIGO. Basically what it stands for is garbage in, garbage out. It's a computer term. And uh, I want to talk to you about the, the fact that the mind is a natural, actual, like, natural computer. And, uh, you know, it processes information. Things go into our minds, you know, immediately something's coming out. You know, we, we see something, we process it. And it's amazing. You know, our, our brains are amazing things. And it comes with its own method of, like, computation that's going on. There's a system of symbols that kind of get turned around, and it kind of makes a language, and it makes our language into thought. And, you know, every day we process these thoughts to it. I mean, there's tons of different things that comes in our mind, and we process them. We don't even think about it. You know, somebody asks us a question, we immediately answer. You know, we itch, you know, someplace we scratch. We don't think nothing of it. I mean, there's a bunches of stuff that we do. You know, your nose itches, you just go like this. You know, we don't think about doing it. It just happens because our brains are so amazing. Um, what you may not know about our brains and the fact that it's a great computer is that these repeated thoughts over time actually create grooves in our brains. I never really knew that until I studied it. It says scientists have found that when we practice a skill or learn something new, maybe you learn a new language or pick up an instrument, that actually what's happening at that time is a new groove is actually being carved into our brain tissue, a new rut, a new plan. So it's kind of interesting. That's actually why it says that there is a reason why habits are so hard to break. They said it's not just psychological, but it's actually physical. That's why a habit is so hard to get rid of because there's ruts there, certain ways you've done something all the time, so it's hard to get out of that pattern of doing things the same way. So you actually have to create a new brain groove to be successful in really getting rid of a habit. And our thoughts over time, like, you know, they're constantly creating new grooves. You know, something happens, a, a different plan, a different thought. I mean, there's new grooves that are constantly being made. And, you know, we develop these ideas and these things. And sometimes they're bad habits, sometimes they're great habits, and sometimes they're lifestyles that are great, and sometimes not so good lifestyles. So tonight I want to think about um, the fact that, you know, you may have some ruts in your brain. And they have maybe not always been great. And I want you to challenge yourself on that. Think about that. You know, maybe um, thus far you've not done great. Maybe you have had a lot of things that really are not so hot. I know myself up to the age I was, was not so good. A lot of my decisions I made were not so good. So, But if you think about yourself on a daily basis, you think about who you are, and you think about the thoughts that you have. On a daily basis, how many thoughts are running through your mind? 
you know, there's a lot of different thoughts that you have in a day. I mean, you get up right off the bat, there's something you're thinking about. You know, either you're hungry or you got to go to the bathroom. You know, I'm thirsty. I want a cup of coffee. You know, ugh, school. You know, it's just those things that kind of come into your mind. You know, it had said that a person actually has about 60,000 thoughts a day. And that's amazing when you think about that. You know, and a lot of times, I don't know if you're like me, but I mean, there are times where you have very bizarre, don't know where that come from, crazy thought. I'm like, what is that? You know, bizarre, but that was there. You know, a lot of times these things are, are, are things that you don't intentionally think about. It just happens. And uh, a lot of times those thoughts can make us to begin to kind of form bizarre and negative feelings towards ourselves sometimes. Maybe we feel like we're inferior. We're not good enough. We're not cute enough. We're not hot enough. Not thin enough. All these different things. You know, we start to develop these ruts. And uh, a lot of times what happens over time is they can develop into fears and doubts and, and hatred and things that are not good in our lives. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of times they've already carved those grooves. We have patterns that we learn. And, and maybe you grew up with somebody that's maybe kind of negative or you just have a situation where you don't feel like you can please somebody in your life. And over time you feel very insecure. You feel like you're not good enough. And really you have to almost reform those grooves in your mind change and challenge yourself to be a different person like I say a lot of times those thoughts are destructive and I kind of want to ask you tonight what are you thinking about what are you thinking about on a daily basis you know here's something I'm gonna throw out at you this is gonna throw you off it's important to actually think about what it is that we're thinking about and really give it some thought okay huh it is important. It really is important to stop and think about what it is that you're going through, put, you're putting through your mind all the time on a daily basis. What kind of thoughts are you having? And um, like I said, we're going to talk about gigo. I don't know if it's actually gigo or gigo or whatever, but uh, garbage in, garbage out. And it, like I said, it's a computer term. And we're going to talk about the fact, you know, computers are amazing things. We, we nowadays can't even survive. I mean, I grew up in the era where computers were not that big of a deal, you know. Um, I graduated in 1983, and computers, honestly, in Mendota High School were optional. I mean, they thought, you know, I, I was in this, it was called COE, Cooperative Education, and the teacher was really thinking he was helping me out, like, oh, you don't need to go on the computer if you don't want to. You just sit here. And I thought I was really getting away with something. It was to my downfall. I didn't go get on computers as often as I should. He thought he was helping me. In the long run, it hurt me because you know how his computers are today. I mean, the more I would have learned then, it would only help me today. So, you know, the thing is with computers, they're amazing things. But ultimately, it can only do what it's programmed to do. You know, whatever the computer's programmed to accomplish is what it's going to accomplish. It's not like, you know, a computer can solve all the world's problems on its own just because it's a computer. It's what it's programmed to do, what's in there that it's going to actually be able to accomplish. And ultimately, it's really the programmer that's going to determine the output and the results. So the actual person who puts stuff in is what's going to make the difference. And what is inputted in your brain on a daily basis is going to determine... If you're going to be limited, stunted in your growth, be the person that really isn't what you want to be, or if you're going to be a person who can really expand their thinking, have victory, challenge yourself to do better, and become a better person out of the whole thing. So if you program in your life um, and your brain hatred, um, unbelief, jealousy, and lust and greed, those kind of things, you know, you're going to get garbage out of that. That's what you're going to have. But if, on the other hand, you put in, like, faith, hope, love, generosity, selflessness, putting other people's first all the time, contentment, 
you're going to get a high quality from that. You're going to get a different groove put in your brain. You're going to be a different person ultimately. You know, could it be that simple? Yeah, it really, really could. It could be that simple. Unfortunately, on a daily basis, we don't think about those good things. A lot of times, we are our own worst enemies in our thoughts. I know myself. I have to tell myself to quit beating myself up. You know, it's not, you know, I, I definitely can be very negative about what I look like, you know, my weight, who I am, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, not necessarily what I want to be. And, and sometimes I can beat myself up for not being as young and pretty and, and you know, whatever, smart as I'd like to be. But, you know, the thing is that negativity is not helping. It's only hurting me in the long run. And I really want to challenge you tonight to really stop and think about what it is that we put into ourselves and what it is that we're going to get out of ourselves. And I want to talk to you about this scripture verse. Um, If you don't read your Bible, you should. I'm going to tell you, it's the best thing ever. There's so much life lessons in there. Tonight I want to talk to you. It's actually my favorite my favorite chapter of the Bible. I love Philippians. And uh, we're going to talk to you out of Philippians 4.8. And really going to talk about how this can really change your whole life. I mean, it's life-changing if you would just take this scripture verse and apply it. It says, Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, dear brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Now you think, how could that be life-changing? Because if we're not negative, we're not thinking about all the bad things in life, but we're thinking about things that are only going to be our success, thinking about things that are lovely and pure and wonderful, we're going to have a mindset later on to develop more lovely thoughts for ourselves and the people around us and gentleness and patience and kindness. We're going to have that that comes out of that. Um, If we believe seriously believe what those scientists say about grooves in our brains, then I think we really need to think about the fact that it's not real wise to continually talk negative about ourselves and put things in our mind and think about things and be, um, you know, exposed to things that are necessarily, are not necessarily good for us. And uh, we should instead really think about making grooves with good things. Pastor Steve mentions um, a statement from time to time. I love it. I think it's so, so true. He says, what you are in your mind, you will do in time. And uh, our minds and our thoughts have great power in who we are and who eventually we are going to become. You know, if your mindset is that you're never going to succeed, you're never going to make it. You know, look at everybody around me. No one succeeded. You know, this person doesn't, you know, my mom and dad does this or my brothers and sisters do this and I'm never going to make it. If that's your mindset, then chances are you probably will not make it. But if you start to feed into your mind the things that are necessary, like saying, I am going to be a success, and I am going to put my mind to things, and I am going to do well, you know what? You're going to find over time that you will actually start to do better. And I'm a firm believer in it. I know it worked for me. So I really want you to think about this. Um, The world thinks and acts in ways that are normal to them. I told you, though, but I believe as Christians that a lot of times it's stuff that's offensive to people who are believers, followers of Christ. Um, I think as Christians, we need to be different. I think we need to be set apart. And I think that really, really is necessary with what we begin to put in our minds, what we allow into our thought life and uh, things that we see and things that we do. So with that, I want to talk to you a little bit about media because I'm going to tell you, media is big, big. You know, you think about what media is, it's everywhere. 
You know, you see it everywhere. I mean, there's not a time where you don't notice media, what's going on in your life. I mean, it shapes our culture. It guides us in the way that we think, we act, the way we dress. And, you know, it's a billion-dollar industry, and it has a huge effect on us in our lives. Um, today, if you got up, if you watched television at all, if you turned on a radio, if you rented a movie and watched it, if you read a magazine, if you logged onto the Internet, played video games or read the newspaper, you know, you opened yourself up to the influence of what media says, what is on there. Uh, today I went on MySpace. Right off the bat, I see that there is an ad for uh, the movie, the disaster movie. See, right off the bat, they're trying to sell you something. It's like, go to this, see this. You know, then I had this thing on there where girls, of course, love to see that. It talked about your weight. You know, you find out that, wow, I'm a cow because you see that on there. It's like, oh, thanks. I really needed to see that today. <laughs> you know, this is the kind of stuff that they put on there. They're always trying to sell something. You need to understand that media is always out there. There's always somebody with an agenda that's going to try to get your attention. We say it all the time up here. I'm not apologizing. What we're going to do here is we are out to change your mind. My opinion is I am out to change your agenda. My agenda is that you learn who Jesus Christ is, that you feel it with all your heart, and that you change your mind, that you understand that God's word is what's amazing. And you quit falling victim to what has happened over and over and over and over again with people that have never followed after God, and their lives are miserable. They're happy for a time, but there's more to it, and I want you to understand that. So you have to understand that if you're opening yourself up to this outside media, you're going to be affected by it. And uh, it talks about the fact that media really influences us. And uh, influence is the definition of what leadership is. So basically what it is is that when you listen to media, if you let all that come in sometimes, we're just taking our marching orders from what the media tells us to do, you know, what it is. And there's a lot wrong with that. There's so much wrong with that. And, you know, the, the media out there gives us a wrong view of what reality is. You know, everyone in a TV ad or a print ad or or whatever, they look happy, don't they? I mean, everyone's smiling and happy, and they're thrilled, and, you know, life is just great. I mean, because they eat yogurt. I mean, it's just wonderful. I mean, it's the best, you know? So it's kind of weird. You know, if you buy this certain product, you're going to be happy. You know, automatically, you're going to be a happier person. And a lot of times, people look for these products over and over again that are going to try to make them more attracted to the opposite sex or, you know, make them connect with the cool kids and uh, give them hope for their future. That's what people do. I mean, we buy into this all the time. If you buy those shoes, you're going to be accepted. You know, if you wear your hair this way, that's people are going to like you better. And uh, you need to understand those ads are not real people. You know, they say that even the most beautiful models who have nice, skinny, thin legs still go on a magazine cover and they still stretch their legs and make them look longer. And they still take out every single little flaw. And they still make them look better. I mean, Cindy Crawford, they say that she, they... they cut and paste her all over the place and make her look even better. You know, they airbrush the flaws away. You know, you have a, a pimple. It's gone. You know, that's why everybody likes their senior pictures. It's the one time you get your pictures airbrushed and look better. And we're always like, oh, senior pictures, it's pretty cool. You know, but nowadays, you know, we have computers where you can touch up just about anything and make you look better. You can make your eyes a different color, whatever you want to do. You know, but um, the thing is, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are going for that. Guys... You're buying into this notion that these girls who are so absolutely perfect that this is what you're going to get someday. I want you to know they don't exist. Girls, we feel bad because we compare ourselves to these girls in these print ads and we're thinking we're never going to look like that. And truthfully, what it does is it sets up a lot of people feeling like they're not good enough, that I'm not worthy, that I'm never going to be attractive enough. 
And it's really, really sad because a lot of guys, like I say, they're, they're going to be in a world of hurt. I don't understand anyway because some guys, honestly, we were talking about this not too long ago, Shelby and Cameron, they were saying, there's this, there's this actual Christian website that you can go to that says for guys and girls to just be realistic. They said, if you're five, look for a five. Don't be looking for a ten because you're not getting it. You know, it's like these people sometimes always look at these things, you know, oh, I want a 10, but if you look at themselves, they give you a checklist, and it's like, you come up as a 5, what makes you think you're going to get a 10? I mean, just be realistic here. Settle for what you're really going to get, you know. Sometimes you just need to understand that. But, you know, there's these, this, this idea, thinking that, you know, the world's telling us all the time that we have to be perfect. You know, let's just sometimes be happy with what we're given, you know, I don't necessarily like every feature I have. I don't like my personality in a lot of ways. I mean, sometimes I'm very bad, you know. But this is what God made me to be, and I have to work with it. Um, what's that? Well, I don't know about that. Aw. He's such a sweet guy, isn't he? He really is. Um, but, you know, the thing is, um, in media, you know, it tells, he's so nice. He tells nice. I don't know. He's something. You know, we lived in a town of 300. He, he might have got the, you know, he might have got a little bit better. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, you know, media tells people that we need to choose actors and musicians, athletes, comedians to be our role models all the time. That's who we're supposed to go to. You know, what do they think? We're supposed to think like them. And, and a lot of times it's about following more of a celebrity than is a real true role model in your life. And, and a lot of times these, these people... You know, we pick these people to follow, and we fall lockstep into what they believe. And, you know, then they start to throw out their opinions of the world and the politics and, and religion and all this. And then we're like, oh, yeah, I believe that because they like that, and they believe that. It's like, believe what you really believe because it's what you believe. Don't believe it because somebody else just believes it. You're, you're being led astray. You're falling victim for their agenda that they're setting for you. And uh, they're just doing it more deceptively. Where I'm going to tell you straight up, we're doing it here. You come here, you're going to hear what's really real. Um, a constant flow of action-packed movies, television shows. You know, it gives us this distorted view of what the world actually looks like because don't we, after we watch some of those movies, look at our lives and think, man, my life is boring. No one comes at me and shoots guns and I have to duck down and run. You know, my life is not that exciting. And, you know, it's sad because I think sometimes people live in this distorted view. They live in these video games and... You know, I told those guys when it, I, I love TiVo. I told you, I'm a, I'm a TiVo freak. I love TiVo. It's the best thing that was ever created besides, you know, I don't know, bread. I don't know. <laughs> I love bread. <laughs> you know, but TiVo's the best because it's the ultimate. It's like it automatically does everything, and it's like fast-forwarded through commercials, and it's just the best. And you don't see something, you back up, you go again. Until I had a moment where I sat at McDonald's parking lot and was drinking my coffee, and this guy did this weird thing, and he fell over. And I was like, I actually, in my mind, was like, click, 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 click. I wanted to so back, go back, and see it again. I was trying to see it. I'm like, Dad, this is reality here. Grow up. This is not, <laughs> this is not TiVo. Life is not on a TiVo reel. It's just different. You know, all of a sudden, and then you're disappointed. because like, you can't do that. So TiVo just kind of sets you up for dis- disappointment, too, a little bit, you know. But I really love TiVo. Anyway, we're living also in an MTV generation. High-tech, fast-paced, you know. We look at our own lives in comparison, like I say, it's boring. It's, we think it's boring because we don't have all these people throwing themselves at us and thinking we're so great. And, you know, our life seems so dull. But like I say, I want to talk to you about the Scripture verse that I mentioned, you know. 
Think about what's true, what's noble, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely, what's admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Think about those things instead. There are things that are going to be offered up to you in the media. It's up to you whether or not you put them in your brain. You can be like Oscar the Grouch and love trash. You'd be just like him. Loves trash. Garbage in, garbage out. He lives in it. He loves it. And uh, it's really what you allow in your brain, what you allow media to affect you, what you put in that's going to make you put out garbage. On the Grammy Awards, American Music Awards, MTV Awards, you know, there's going to be those performers that come up there every single time, and they're like, I want to thank God, you know, because he does everything for me and stuff like that. And you look at them and think, seriously? You know, when your whole video is about hoes and everything else, I'm thinking then you're thinking, okay, whatever. But the thing is, you have to look at what a life a person's living to understand whether or not their words are matching up, don't you? Don't just believe these things. There's a lot of Christian kids that will walk up. They get so fooled by that. It's like, oh, did you see like Puff Daddy? He believes in God. And it's like, that's like, really? Just because he said that he thanks God? There's people thanking God all the time. God's word says that, the, that Satan himself knows God's God. It doesn't make a difference, you know. It, it's whether or not you're following it, you're believing it. Um, there needs to be a matching up. The words that come out of our mouth need to match up to our actions, what we really are living on a daily basis. You know, I, I read this article on the Internet, and I, I actually talked about it a couple years back, about the fact that there's these Christ, three Christian guys who weren't afraid. They were telling everybody that they're believers and, you know, they're Christians. They always go to Bible studies, and, you know, they're in a Christian band, and they write music all the time about God and how great he is, you know, write it for God and with God and about God. It's great. And this guy named Sean, who's 18, you know, he's sitting there telling everybody that when he was in junior high, everybody, because he was such a believer, that everybody called him church boy, you know, and he was such a great guy. So, you know, you can look at this life of these people, you know, saying that they're believers. You think in your mind, okay, these guys are going to be like no one like the rest of us that have to live with this. And they're trying to live among all this media that's thrown at them and that's trying to trip them up and take them down a wrong road. But you may be surprised to <laughs> learn that these guys, Actually, we're drawn to this movie, American Pie. And a few years back, I know you probably understood, you probably heard it, which is a movie about four average guys that are trying to lose their virginity by prom. And uh, these guys, sadly, though, they didn't just go pay to see the movie, which could have been bad enough. They were actually paid to be in it, to be in the movie. And uh, they didn't even see that there's anything wrong in it. They didn't see that there's anything that's flawed about that thinking. And they didn't see that there's an inconsistency in that, saying that you're following after God, but you're still taking a lead in a movie that's just about as disgusting as it gets. And this movie had about 50 curse words and had nothing but rampant sexuality and disgusting things uh, that left nothing to the imagination. And, you know, there's an idea in our culture that says that we can separate who we are spiritually this time, right now, when I'm in CYM, I'm a spiritual person. I believe in God. Or on Sunday morning. Or when I'm around certain people. And they think that they can separate it. And then when they're with their friends, they can be a different person. That's not God. That's not God's word. That's not truth. That's not what it is. It's that our life would reflect our faith. And that we would change and be a different people. And that no matter who we're around, we're consistently the same. And that we're following after it. So if we're, sometimes you know, people think that you can separate. You can't. Your lives have to match up. And uh, a lot of people 
and the media will talk about spirituality. That's a big clue right there. When someone starts talking about spirituality, chances are they're probably not talking about God. They're talking about some new wave, new way like thinking or other religion or something like that. A lot of times it's not really based in God or Jesus. So keep that in mind. Garbage in, spirituality, don't necessarily take it for what it's worth. Don't assume someone's a believer or they're found after God because they say they're spiritual people. Even religious people. That doesn't mean anything. You know, it really doesn't. Um, not too long ago, there was an ad in the USA Weekend paper, surveyed teens, and it cited that religion was their second strongest influence in their lives, only behind their parents. Really? Religion. You know, what kind of faith do they have if it really doesn't change their behavior, though? What kind of faith do you have if nothing changes? It's not real. It's not genuine. There's not something that's happening. Like I say, garbage in, garbage out. They have to be doing something that's not right. If you're, nothing's changing, there has to be something that's not going in right. On television, lots of sexuality. You know, violence, and, and there's so much trash that's thrown at us. And Man, it comes to us conveniently while we're sitting in our house, while we're comfortable, while we're easy, kicking back, you know, in the lazy boy, you know. And if you listen to the statistics that there are, it says in 1946 there were 10,000 sets in the United States. By 1950, there were 10.5 million. Can you imagine that? In four years. What a change. In 1960, 54 million. By 1995, 99% of American homes owned a TV. And most of them actually owned two or three by that time. And a lot of people we know on a daily basis, I'm sure this happens in your house. It happens in mine. A lot of people eat in front of the television, fall asleep in front of the television, turn on the TV when they get home just because they want the sound. They fall asleep to them all the time because they can't go to bed without it, you know? Watch it for company, you know, just for company to feel like they're loved. The saddest thing you can ever do, I'm going to tell you, it'll break your heart, is sometime watch QVC or Home Shopping Network because, honest to God, it will break your heart. There are old women, 75, 80 years old, that have nobody in their lives that gives them any attention. Don't talk to them. They have nobody. And so they actually call up these hosts and they talk to them like they're their best friends. It's like, oh, Lisa... You know, you're so cute. I really appreciate you. And they talk about these things, and it's like you can tell they're so lonely that the only in interaction they get on a daily basis is just talking to some host on TV that's trying to hawk something to them. It's kind of sad. You know, but this, this is company for people. So these things are thrown at us, media and television, and it's said that the average teenager watches over 22 hours of TV a week. And by the time they graduate high school, they've watched 23,000 hours of television. That's not even getting into computer games and all the other stuff. 2001, 2002 television season, two-thirds, 64% of all shows included some sexual content. One-third showed some sexual behaviors. And then one in seven, of course, showed sexual intercourse. So we have all these things thrown at us all the time. Sex is very normal to watch this behavior on television, right? Evidence shows us that at what kids see on television, whether or not they know it from fantasy or reality, man, what you see on television, you'll start to emulate. You're going to start to think that's how you act. Girls, I'm going to tell you, why do you think there's the booty dance? As soon as you guys get someplace, you think that you're supposed to dance at the booty dance. I'm going to tell you, it's because you see it on television, you think that's cool. Society has told you that's what you do to connect and you attract a boy. Why do you think there's girls kissing each other? Because television says that's supposed to be cool. That's supposed to be attractive to a guy. 
you know what, there's something wrong with that thinking. Something wrong with that thinking. Um, it's not typical. It's just what you see on television. It's not typical behavior for a person, especially a girl that's like 13, 14, 15 years old. It's not typical. It's wrong thinking. Garbage out. In 1952, we watch I Love Lucy. You know, I Love Lucy was, goes through in 1952. She's obviously pregnant. You know, they weren't allowed to use the word pregnant. You know, in 1961, we watched before Dick Van Dyke. They show him in bed, the husband and wife. There's a whole end table between them. You know, separate beds. Different. In 65, you know, we watch I Dream of Jeannie. Not allowed to show her belly button, you know, at that time. But by the 1990s, man, they're, they're showing the first R-rated sh- show on television, NYPD Blue. Uh, him showing, a guy showing his backside. You know, complete butt shot. That's normal in this day and age. A um, lot of violence, a lot of sex. In uh, 1994, Roseanne, a comedy show, showed a close-up kiss of two lesbians. So already you got this happening, this change that's taken place. Um, in the late 1990s, you know, we saw young people on shows all the time losing their virginity. This was normal behavior. Even in Seventh Heaven, Simon, was him losing his virgin- virginity. It's because, because it's normal, right? That's what the world's telling us. It's normal. Media is telling you this is normal behavior for you. This is what you have to think about, the fact that this, you're watching this stuff. What are they selling you? They're selling you a lifestyle. This is normal behavior. It's not normal behavior if you're really a person who's fallen after God. It's not normal behavior. You need to get that through your mind. Um, nowadays, like the stuff that they did in the 1990s, it was tame. That was tame in the 90s. Nowadays, what do we have? Tila tequila. Bisexual, trying to have two, you know, girls and guys compete for her affections. This is normal television. This is what you see. Old rock stars who are on television where these girls are throwing themselves at them and trying to sleep with them. Yuck. Disgusting. You know, yeah, it's just disgusting. You know, sex has gone from this dirty word that was what was used like in the 60s. They called it like a dirty word. You weren't supposed to say it. To a regular event. Nowadays, we're considered old-fashioned if we think the way I'm talking. I'm going to tell you, God's word's never changed. What he says is acceptable is still acceptable. It don't matter if it was 2,000 years ago or if it's today. His word is timeless. He says there's a standard of way of living that we're supposed to be living. And just because the world's doing it doesn't mean that necessarily we're supposed to be living that way. Today, premarital sex outnumbers sex within marriage 8 to 1 on television. You're going to see premarital sex all the time. You're never going to see it inside of a marriage relationship, hardly at all. During the primetime hours of TV, we can see a sexual act or a reference to sex for every four minutes. We see that. Pay attention. Watch the things that you're going to notice. What's happening is you're getting oblivious to it. You don't even notice it. There's so much sexuality thrown at you that a lot of times you're not even picking up what they're saying to you no more. You have to be aware of what's being sold to you. They're selling you the lifestyle. They're selling you the fact that you throw yourself at any guy. That guys, you're out there, you're supposed to be dogs. You're supposed to get as many women as you can. That's what it's all about. You know, that might be fine for the world. If you are a follower of God, if you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to be truthful in your faith, that's not a lifestyle for you. So what's normally shown on television is not normal Christian behavior. I talked to you about violence. 
By the time an average teen graduates, they'll watch 40,000 televised murders, 200,000 acts of violence. Some of it is even described um, as humorous, and that's a lot of times it's in cartoons. We know, you don't need to tell me, South Park, Kenny died every single episode. We understand that. You know, you may tell me that it doesn't bother you, and chances are, you know what, you're probably right. It doesn't bother you. But that doesn't make it right. It's supposed to bother you, people. It's supposed to bother you because it's not necessarily right. It's not necessarily good. You've just gotten, you know, it's not that you've gotten older or you've gotten wiser or you've, well, it doesn't bother me no more. It doesn't affect me. Um, You never mature past the point that violence is acceptable. You never do. Um, It's just that you've become numb to it, just like you have with sexuality on television. Life can be an ugly and violent thing. But God's word says we're never supposed to be entertained by it. It's not supposed to be where we get our joy, where we're excited about it. You know, there's a difference. Um, There's a couple scripture verses, like Habakkuk um, 1.3 says, Must I forever see this sin and misery all around me? Whenever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and love to fight. I'm going to tell you, God does not like violence. He doesn't. He doesn't like violence, and he doesn't like the fact that we're entertained by violence. Uh, Jonah 3.8 says everyone is required to wear sackcloth, which means that you were very upset, saddened, and you're supposed to pray earnestly to God. Everyone must turn from their evil ways and stop all the violence. In our society, man, we love violence. We're entertained by it. We crave it. Go out and take some time. Look at those plugged-in reviews that I have out there. Every single week, guys, the movies that are coming out, I try to keep up every single week. What's playing at Carmike Theaters, the, the ads are up there. And the reason why they're up there is not for you to say, hey, that's cool, I want to go and see that. Hopefully it's for you to read that and think, you know, that might not be good for me. You shouldn't spend seven fifty and then go on something and think, wow, that's not so good. You know, you should stop and think. Before you put yourself in a position where you're sitting for two and a half hours to watch something, is this going to be really good for me? Is, is it entertaining? Is it something that's right? True. Maybe you're not a believer. Maybe that doesn't bother you. If you are a believer, there's a difference. Philippians 3.19, their future is eternal destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and all they think about is this life here on earth. I want you to understand that one of the things that God says is going to happen in the end days is that our appetite is going to be for violence. Um, There's going to be no rules. And God says we talk about shameful things, don't we? Don't we? I think we do. I think we talk about a lot of stuff that's shameful. Uh, violent TV shows and movies, like I say, they make us numb to horrors of viol- the horrors of violence. And, and a lot of times people think that it's acceptable to see on a daily basis um, what we actually set our eyes upon, what we actually let into our minds is going to turn us into who what, and what we are. I mean, garbage in, garbage out. Violence is going to be acceptable to you. I think that's why so many people are so messed up in this world. I think that's why they don't think nothing of seeing some of the things that they see and there's nothing about it. It doesn't shock them. It doesn't shock them at all. I think that there should be something that shocks you when you hear something. It should be, wow, really? That's horrible. That's horrible. What's happened now is you hear something that's like, yeah, I saw that in a movie once. Really. Sad. What kind of person could you be if you turned out that you were going to actually put boundaries in your life? You were going to set standards. You know, choose for yourself not to be involved in certain things and be entertained by them and actually set a standard 
like I said, as you're an alien, if you're a true believer, if you're a true follower of Christ, it says that your home is in heaven. You're passing through. If that's the case, then why do you want to do what the natives are doing? The natives are being entertained by violence and sex and all the different stuff, but is that for you? God's word says no. Song of Solomon says in 2.15, catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. Now that sounds so bizarre. Why would you read that scripture verse? And the reason why I read that is because a lot of times we think that these little things in our life are not going to affect us. It's not going to make a difference. But it does. Because see, the thing is, what's great about that scripture verse is if you understand, if you read about it, they say a little foxes, the little baby foxes, what they'll do is they'll come up to a plant and they, because it's the closest to the ground, it's the sweetest, they'll sit there and get right by the plant and they'll sit there and chew off the plant. They'll chew that off. And what happens in the long run, if you kill it right there at the base, there's no growth that's going to take place, is there? So you think that these little tiny foxes are not doing much, they're just nibbling on a plant, but they end up killing the whole entire plant. Nothing ends up growing. The plant doesn't grow, there's no fruit produced. Nothing changes. A lot of times we just don't think that these things are going to make a difference in our lives. It's going to make a difference to hurt us. And I'm a firm believer that it does. It does. I have, um, when I was a kid, watched things that I shouldn't have watched. I was, like I said, my mom died when I was really young, and I was raised basically by teenagers. And um, I was, I think, six years old when I saw my first horror movie. And they took me to the drive-in, and they saw, I saw a movie called Race with the Devil. It was about human sacrifice. It was disgusting. My sisters took me to it. And I want you to know, those thoughts never go out of my mind the movies I went to see. I saw horror movies that today, to this, to this day, I could be outside and I still hear the... Still hear it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't go away. Because there's something about violence. There's something about those thoughts that just don't fall out. God's word can fall out. seems like it does. Don't remember that, but there's something about that violence. It just tends to replay. Those grooves are deep, and they're over and over and over again. If you've seen scary shows, you can say it doesn't bother you. I'd like to see in the dark sometimes by yourself. I doubt very much that you're as brave as you think you are. I doubt it. I doubt it. And if you have gotten to the point where you're not scared no more, that's not a good thing. That's a bad thing. Train your way, change your way of thinking. I, I, there's this whole idea in society that those movies don't bother me. One rule that I made with my kids from start because of the fact that they did bother me, those movies did bother me, we made a rule early on when we had our kids, we were never going to allow our kids to see a horror movie. Truthfully, I told them, I said, as far as sex, I mean, because I wasn't saved, like I said, for a lot of years when my kids were small, I'd said to them, you know, I, I don't necessarily like, you know, I wouldn't want vulgar sex. But as far as the sex scene, I thought, well, someday they're going to have to probably deal with sex. And my unsaved mind, I thought that was probably okay, you know, that they saw something more about maybe sex. Horror movie, I'm like, hopefully they never have to deal with somebody murdering them <laughs> or see a murder or something. I thought this is bizarre. So I was never one that would allow it. I mean, when a horror movie comes on, I mean, they're, they, just wait, another month, you're gonna, every ad on television is going to be nothing about horror movies, October, and it's going to be all about that. 
I used to hate it because the ads would come on and I'd be like, turn the channel immediately because I thought I'm not letting my kids hear that stuff. Because nowadays on television, it's not just that the movie's coming. They show you clips. It scares the garbage out of you before you even like watch a movie. You're just like, whoa, especially when you're home by yourself at night and these things come on, you're like, you start to look over and you're thinking, was that even a voice? I didn't know that. Someone's going with it. You know, it's like you hear these things. So I thought to myself, I'm not going to do this. And my kids never, ever saw a horror movie. When my kids were like uh, freshmen in high school. I remember Cameron was a freshman, and he was asked to go over and watch a bunch of movies with people. And uh, I asked him, I said, is, you know, I said, I, I think it's great. He can definitely come over. But I said, all right, what are you going to watch? And they're like, oh, we're going to watch like, you know, Friday the 13th. We're going to watch Halloween and all that. So I said, you know, I said, I'm sorry. He's not going to come. We just don't. It's one thing we don't allow. We don't watch that. And uh, Cameron always was just as bold about it. He never wanted to see him. And uh, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> it makes a difference. My kids don't have fear like that. They're not fearful people. We played a game of Ghost in the Graveyard, you know, where you play tag out in the middle of the dark field. And every one of these kids that's seen all these movies are all like, what's that? Oh, my God, what is that? And Cameron's like, it's a tree. It's a tree. It's not scary. But it's because there's all these grooves that are deep in their brains. They're living in fear. They're scared to death, you know? So it's, it does, it creates you to be a person, you know, that fears. God's word tells us that fear is from the enemy. And that really, if he says fear is from the enemy, why is it that we would choose to be actually entertained and pay to see it? If fear is from the enemy, why are we paying to be entertained by fear? I think there's something to think about in that. I'm pretty, I'm pretty adamant I'm not a big fan of horror movies at all. I don't think that they're good for anybody, especially if they say that they are a true follower of Christ. I don't think they're good for you at all. I think it's a dangerous thing to get down in that road. Not good. And, uh, I mean, obviously I don't think that you should be watching porn, <laughs> sexuality, throwing at you all the time. I think it's a dangerous thing because it's really setting you up for a different mindset that this is normal behavior. It's not normal behavior. Not as a Christian, not as a follower of God. It truly is this whole world. It's way too sexualized, way overly sexualized. There's kids that are honestly eight, nine years old. You see how they're dressing already. It's to attract a guy. To do what? You know, what's the point? We, we need to really just step back sometimes and quit pushing ourselves to be so sexualized and, and filled with violence and those things. So I really want you to think about garbage in, garbage out. What kind of person you are is probably already an effect of what you've allowed in your head. If your person has fear, if you can't be alone by yourself, you get a little afraid. Maybe it's because you put too much garbage in your head already. You know, maybe the fact that you think that you have to act a certain way around guys or girls. Maybe it's because you've already put so much garbage in your mind thinking that this is the way you have to act. You know, just I challenge you to try to do different. Be a person who thinks differently. You know, start to really change. Reprogram. Make better grooves. You know, try to develop a different path. And over time, it will happen. Now, 15 years after falling after God, when I stub my toe, a lot of times it still happens in my head. The cuss word might be there from time to time. It doesn't necessarily come out. I try to be pretty good. Still screw up from time to time. Not perfect. No doubt about it. I still... Say things I shouldn't. Ask John, he'll tell you that too. Um, but you know, the thing is, it's do you desire to be better? I desire to be better. I don't want to be that same person anymore. I want to be what God wants me to be. So anyway, I want to pray for you. Truthfully, I want you to think about what, 
what's in your mind? What kind of thoughts you have? And think about what kind of thoughts, how they're making you be the person that you are. And truthfully, if there's some things that you're convicted of, sometimes, you know what, we sit in a message or we listen to something, and sometimes we're thinking, you know, we kind of feel a little bit funny. Like maybe this is something that, you know, oh, I do that. and Maybe that's not so good. There's nothing wrong with coming up to somebody who is a leader or me and just saying, hey, will you pray with me? I, I am drawn to horror movies, or I do tend to be very preoccupied with sex and, and stuff like that. You know, there's nothing wrong with being honest. Confession is great. You just do it to someone you trust, and you're supposed to go to somebody of the same sex. You're not supposed to go to somebody else and tell them that you have all these bizarre struggles because it's just going to develop some weirdness. Um, but, you know, the thing is, you ask for help. You know, tell somebody, you know, I, I'm struggling with this. There's nothing wrong with asking for help and getting it, you know. So I want to talk to you about that. Next week I want to talk to you about a couple more things, just what media throws at us and some of the different things, and I just talk more about it and really just be aware. Be aware of it. So let me pray for you. Well, Lord, I just pray that you just be with each person here. Lord, I just thank you for whoever you brought here tonight that um, hopefully, Lord, yeah, there's something that they got from it, that there, there's a thought that they want to be a different person, not do things as the world's always happening and how it's doing things. And I just pray that you'd give them strength. I just pray that they would be willing to um, ask you for help, whether or not they come to me or not. I just pray that they would ask you, Father, for help and, and that you would just uh, help them in their struggles. I just pray that you would be with them and their families and the people, Lord God, that are in their lives. I just pray that you would um, bless them, keep them safe, and uh, Father, that you'd bring them back next week and that we'd have a great time getting to know each other more and more. And we just thank you, Father, for the gifts that you give us and your blessings. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.